Good morning, Sabres fans. I'm Joe Marino, joined by Luke Buckley, as always, for Cautiously Optimistic Podcast, Season 7, Episode 15, Post-Trade Deadline Edition. Luke, how are you doing on this cold and snowy Saturday morning? Oh, God. I'm good. I'm waiting for my coffee to cool off. Actually, I don't. Uh, I I don't often have homemade coffee. It's usually, it's usually Tim Hortons. I'm a little bougie, but uh, waiting for it to cool off and uh, get that, get that, get that morning, uh, that morning Joe, the the beverage that's named after you. Actually, yeah, best name. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So I, well, but before we get into the deadline talk, want to wish our best to. Howard Simon retired yesterday. Uh, both of us had the pleasure to work alongside him for a little bit. Uh, I was an intern with the Howard Simon show. Got to work closely with Howard, Jeremy, and Brayton for one semester in 2019. And really just uh, a great experience overall just to be in the booth with Brayton and just listening to the show and more importantly, what goes on like during the breaks, that's something that just like soaking that all in was great. And Howard, every interaction I ever had with him, just a great man, great human, like one of the nicest people you'll ever come across. Everything you hear about this guy, it's true. He's just a great person. Uh, like I said, every interaction I ever had with him, not, but she had nothing but the best. Yeah, I never, um, I never got to produce for him on that show. Um, but just doing early morning stuff, uh, like for the the morning news program, uh, BEN, like out in the newsroom, uh, he was always there doing show prep and was very he he was just awesome. Um, plus his son John. I think we 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 both grew very fond of, and I still am very fond of him. He's just a really cool dude. He trained us over there um, at the stations. And oh yeah, um, John's a great guy. Love John. Yes, John's awesome. Should have him on sometime. Yeah, working for the Yankees now. How ironic, since yeah. Howard, <laughs> big Mets fan. But uh, no, I I I never got to produce for Howard, but he would always be do there in the newsroom doing show prep while I did my well, I recorded my like news updates and stuff and is very cool joking around um you know he didn't he didn't care that i was only a four year employee upstart like he knew my name and joked around with me um and it was really cool so uh yes very genuine guy mm-hmm. and a legend treat everyone with respect yes there's not many you know that i, I I feel like there's not many remnants of the Empire Sports Network right um active in the media these days so we got to we got to cherish the few that are left. I I tweeted the story out but for those of you that don't follow me on Twitter I'll verbally tell the story. So one of my favorite memories from interning with the morning show at GR I Brayton let me screen calls from time to time so this one morning, it was during, we're about to get to rock bottom for Sabre season at this point. It was like April. And Howard was like, 
oh, why you keep putting don't take in in the in the call log? You you've screened calls before, or you can put like the notes. In oh yeah, I put that quite next a few to the names. Yeah, so you know people are saying, oh, it's time to trade Jack Eichel. Sam Reinhart sucks. Yada yada yada. Fire everyone. This this and that. So obviously don't want to trigger a rant or anything. So I'm going to put don't take. And then Howard was getting frustrated that we weren't getting calls. That's one thing that he would always get uh, hot and bothered about during the morning show was, well, we need calls, me calls. So in, during the break, he's like, are all these people really that crazy? This, this, and that. So the next one, I was just like, okay. <laughs> the guy was going on a tirade about how Jack Eichel is the problem, you know, in hindsight. Maybe this guy was right after all, but uh, so I I put him through, and it was all up to Howard and Jeremy to let him on. They let him on, and then probably an all-time rant out of Howard and Jeremy, Caller Paul, and where Jeremy eventually goes on to poke fun at Tage Thompson being the tall kid who's going to score six goals. So, yeah. So if I would have put don't take next to that, would never happened. Wow. See, that that's the great thing about coming up, though, is like, you know, you learn to take chances like that and just you get comfortable eventually. And look at that, an iconic moment that uh, you had hands on influence on oh yeah definitely Mm -hmm. uh also another great howard moment we'll get into the sabers talk after this but (laughs) like we we were talking about john and like howard is just like like a great father easily like there's no doubt about it great dad great influence and during the tank years when that caller called him a bad parent (laughs) I don't know if you remember that. Or I not, wait. But... I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I think that's before the Odyssey days, so that audio probably doesn't exist anymore. But maybe you can find it in the files bad... since you're still working there. I wonder if it's it, it might be deep in the bowels of um of like the the website the on demand. I don't know. You might go back a bunch of pages, but. <laughs> That what led? Why did they call him a bad father? What I think it was. What example are you setting for John by hoping that the Sabers lose? Like actively rooting for them to lose me? games. Okay, call him bad parent. That it's there. There's never an opportunity to call someone a bad parent based on <laughs> what they think of how the Sabers are playing. Yeah, unless they're they're <laughs> punching out a fan of the other team, then no. That uh, I'd never heard that. That's really funny. Yeah, great, great memories. Wish you all the best, Howard. Uh, it was a great last show for sure, and it was an entertaining trade deadline days, surprisingly as well. I think you go look back a couple days ago. We're thinking about oh, how's the episode going to go? We're probably thinking, oh, we're going to be talking about a lot of inactivity. But the Sabres in general probably made the biggest trade on deadline day itself in Jordan Greenway. Yeah. Um, now, I'm just going to skip right to this because uh, I- I've been waiting to. Uh, I mean, it's going to be the title of the episode, but I've just been thinking about this. 
Kevin Adams, I didn't get to listen to the presser, but I saw the important quotes. Um, he said that Don Granato was pounding the table for Jordan Greenway. Now, knowing Don Granato, he was pounding I, the table quite I, yeah, literally. <laughs> I, I don't know if that is a literal statement or a a a a, a metaphorical statement. But I could actually see Don Granado and Kevin Adams discussing what to do and Don going, I know how to get the best out of this kid. Like, Kevin, we have to get Jordan Greenway. And I love uh, it. I, I, it, it's, it's, I, it's funny because I could easily see it being that. But at the same time, um, it could also just be a figure of speech that, um, that Kevin Adams is, 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 is using. Yeah, I bet it was a literal saying. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I yeah, I know. Like I, I just I have a feeling. You know, Don seems like that guy. He had a couple games in a row where he was getting infuriated uh, with officials. So he's oh he's yeah, we're seeing guy. another side of Don Granado with the officials as of late. Some horribly officiated games, but yeah. Overall, very. Very surprisingly good trade deadline. I yeah. didn't expect them to make the Jordan Greenway trade. I'm very happy with it. This is the I think we talked about Greenway. Did I don't know if it was on the last podcast or a couple podcasts ago. Might have been but, two shows ago. Yeah, but we talked about the connection. Don Granado. There was that athletic piece where I forget who wrote it, but. The author said that Granado thinks very highly of him. And as soon as I saw that, I had a feeling that this could be. There could be some potential here, but didn't expect it to be two draft picks, a second and a, I think it was a fifth next year. But when you have three second round picks, you have all these draft picks. It is what it is. And it was the Vegas second too. So you a late second round pick and a fifth round pick next year for a player the coach was quote-unquote pounding the table for uh, and thinks that he can get a lot more out of. You're getting a different type of player that the team doesn't have currently, another big body. Mm-hmm. The, like The list keeps growing at this point. Uh, I think he's like 230 pounds. He's not afraid to lay the body. His yeah, offensive, like- offensive production is not that great, but I think there's still some ceiling there that he can reach but a good defensive forward that can contribute to the bottom six and he signed for a couple more years at three million i think so yeah i'm i'm happy with it well you know who's also not the biggest offensive player uh and they've been quite a good addition is tyson jost so yeah uh, they're collecting the minnesota wild players at this point yeah and i i do like uh, Kevin Adams' reasoning is that teams are trying to bully us, and uh, yeah. I, that's hey, fair enough. Because listen, no matter what you say, you do need these. You do need these big guys uh, in your lineup. And it's not like he's just a goon. Jordan Greenway has mm-hmm. skill. Uh, we know that. Um, so it's it, it's good to have another uh, six six guy. As um, uh, the, the Sabers are amassing some skyscrapers yeah, on their. I... Uh... <laughs> You, they're gonna call. At... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go oh ahead. no, they're they're gonna call. Um, if he ever plays in a line with um, 
Oh, oh, get ready for this. Okay. If he ever plays on a line of Tage, they're they gotta call it the skyline. <laughs> because one, their towers, towers make up a skyline, but also they're very tall and can reach the sky. And they're on a line together, so they're the skyline. So there's two meanings there. This is why you're going to make a great play by play man someday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh Tage Thompson, six foot six. Jordan Greenway, six foot six. Owen Power, six foot six. Mm. Tia Samuelson and Alex Tuck, six four. Dylan Cousins and Darlene, six three. Man, Darlene does not narrative look- that the Sabres are a bunch of Yeah. Sabres are not a bunch of five ten figure skaters anymore. Suburban hockey dads hate to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Sorry about it. Exciting stuff. The big boys. We'll see. We'll see how Greenway goes. I don't know if he's going to play tonight. Uh, most likely Monday. I think if it was a night game, like seven seven thirty start, there might be a outside shot that Greenway plays, but no morning skate. He got traded yesterday. Maybe if he got into town last night, you never know. But I would put my money that he's not going to play. But most of you will probably be listening to this after the game today. We're about like four hours from faceoff. So yeah, we'll see what I, happens, I, but excited. I, I, I guess there's a shot because I think with Asplund being traded, they don't necessarily have to do any kind of gymnastics with the roster. Um, right. Has anyone been called up actually in light of uh Asplund being traded? No, nobody called up. So maybe and you know Bernardo made a good point too, which I, I completely forgot about this, but after the trade deadline, you can have as many people on the roster as you want, as long as you're cap compliant. So they didn't even have to trade Asplund yesterday. Okay. Uh they could have held on to him like the 23 man roster. It's not a requirement after the trade deadline. Also, you made the point about the call-ups. They didn't send anyone down to Rochester on a paper transaction yesterday. So Mm -hmm. that gives them some more flexibility because I think you only get like five or six call-ups after the trade deadline. And if last year they sent Krebs, they sent Samuelson and Fitzgerald down to Rochester. So they only had, a couple of call-ups remaining. Mm -hmm. So they have some added flexibility. Wow. I, um, well, there you go. The, the, the limited call-ups after the deadline kind of evens out, um, the, you can, anyone on a roster. Yeah. So exciting. I'm going to say it again. Exciting stuff. Uh, that's right. You, you, Mentioned Asplin getting traded. I guess we can go there next. Mm-hmm. Uh, trade for a seventh round pick in 2025 to Nashville. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I, you know, I'm I. Uh, he was a nice player for a little while. Um, seventh round pick, a pretty light return, but I mean, he's a guy who hasn't played in a little while. In the end, he is just an extra forward, a depth guy. So, uh. I don't know. It was it 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 was a deal, you know. Like we we talk about guys of the week. This was a trade. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe Aspen's a future guy, but uh, no, it was obviously I had the video and everything, so I posted it one more time for posterity's sake. Um, 
but I, I, I wish him well in Nashville. Another Swede on his way the to rebuilding, Tennessee. The rebuilding Predators. Yeah, Barry Trotz uh, is going to be taking over. Yeah, they've done pretty good work uh, this week in Nashville. But yeah, good deal for Nashville. And one thing that Kevin Adams has done extraordinarily well in his time as GM is doing right by the player. Uh, they want to give Asplund a chance to play. And Asplund, Adams said it in the deadline presser yesterday that he talked to him right before the press conference. And he said, oh, can't wait to watch you guys in the playoffs. So he's clearly yeah. a good sport. Uh, I was a little disappointed by the return of 2025 seventh is basically just a bag of packing peanuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's something. It's better than losing him on waivers, I guess. So... It, judging by how good he did last year, like if you would have told me a couple years ago that Aspen's going to get traded at this deadline for a 2025 seventh round pick, I would have been shocked because in hindsight, you you look at how the expansion draft went, the Seattle expansion draft, and you're like, okay, I would really like to have Will Borgen on this team right now. And it was basically either Borgen or Asplin going to Seattle. So I think if they could do that all over again. They probably find a way to uh, go with the eight skater route mm-hmm. instead of the seven three one. But yeah, uh, they got a pick. They got a pick out of it, so that's fine. Yeah, um, good, good defensive player, uh, but in the end, you know, easily replaceable. Uh, it's you said like you said a seven round pick in twenty twenty five. That's that's essentially future considerations. Future considerations that will be considered. Yeah, that's Speaking right. Speaking of future considerations, Adams made his fifth future considerations trade, trading honors Bjork to the Chicago Blackhawks for future considerations. Uh, again, doing right by the player. They. Guy obviously didn't want to be in Rochester anymore. He wanted to be in the NHL, so mm-hmm. and not he's bad. Well, uh, he he will likely play in the NHL. Yeah, good for him. Uh, didn't didn't play. I think he played one game in Buffalo this year. So yeah, not. I don't care. Die. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think at the time I was like, okay, what are we doing here? Why are we trading guys for future considerations? But now that we've seen the whole picture. It is what it is. It doesn't really matter. It opens up more opportunity for the kids in Rochester to get more ice time. Yeah, Bjork's for anyone who's who's interested out there, save you some time. His career high in points is 19, nine goals, 10 assists. With the Sabres, though. Last year he had five goals. Uh three hmm. says part of the um the Taylor Hall trade, right? Yes. The second round pick in Andres Bjork. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> what was the second round pick used on? Alex Kisikov. Okay. Okay. So we'll see about him. Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more trades. To run over really quick here, it was Chase Prisky going to the Anaheim Ducks for Austin Strand. Couple depth AHL defensemen 
both right-handed shot. Strand will be an RFA at the end of the year, so they have some flexibility there while Prisky was going to be a UFA. Sounded like it was another doing right by the player situation. Uh, it sounded like Prisky wanted more of an NHL opportunity, and that just wasn't going to happen here. I've heard of uh, Strand, though. He might have had a few games with the Ducks this year. Yes, I think he played. I think he played five games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've heard. So I recognize the name, and uh, so another, yeah, another... laxinum for uh, Joe Sacconi type deal. Just yeah, a hockey trade. It, 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 yeah, that, and then there was the other move bringing in a uh, a, Rot, uh, a Rochester player, uh, the Orchard Park kid. Yes, he, he was the future considerations, I guess yes. you could say. Uh, Carson Gusevich, yeah. I believe his name is, uh, on an AHL contract, so he couldn't be officially involved in the trade. So they got so, something. These are the type of deals I know every GM makes them, but I was just thinking, man, Darcy made a lot of these uh, trades, I feel like. Just like nothing trades. Yeah. Where you'd be expecting something big and again, nothing happened. Remember, mm-hmm. remember, like, I, I, I don't know why I thought this too, but remember when they signed Joe DePenta, defenseman yes, from Anaheim? I, I do remember that. <laughs> uh, I remember because we were young. When that happened, I remember being excited because I knew the name and the Ducks were good. I was like, oh, wow, Ducks defenseman. But it was just, it was just, <laughs> Joe, it was just Joe DePenta. Maybe a yeah, future guy of the week. That. I think he could be this guy. Probably. This week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we'll do the Portillo trade next. We've talked about Portillo a lot on the podcast. Yeah, third round pick for him. You recouped your ass up and Adams spoke on it yesterday and he didn't want to be here and he didn't see a pathway to the NHL. So you got a guy who doesn't want to be here. That's the one strike that that's all Adams needs. But then on top of that, you have a guy that doesn't want to earn the job. He wants to be given the job. So he was too afraid to have Levi. And if, you don't want a little competition. You don't belong in the NHL, plain and simple. So that, that's that's my thought. But what say you? Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, how about the, the, the transparency, though, from Kevin Adams uh, to say that he, 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 he didn't want to play? It's, a, it's not a market he wanted to play in, and uh, and he he didn't see a path to the NHL, but yeah, you know, if if hey, if, if if you don't want to compete, if you don't, uh, then I don't think that's anybody that this organization wants to be anywhere near is somebody who mm-hmm. doesn't have drive to uh, fight for their spot, especially guys that don't want to be there. If you, if, I think the easiest way out of town under this regime is to tell Don Granado or Kevin Adams that you have no interest being here. Agreed, 100%. Uh, also, not having a great year either. Yeah. So mm. they, they, they're they fine in terms of Levi. You've got uh, Ukopekalukinen, who has shown flashes. He can be a competent NHL goalie. 
And then Topias lining in too, who they just drafted. Another bit of a project, but we'll see about him. Yeah. Um, and I saw some of his comparisons. I, I, I don't remember which site it was, but um, not the most impressive uh, projections as to what as to who uh, he'll be comparable to if he were to make the NHL. Uh, Tobias Linen? Um, no, no, no. Uh, or Portilla. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I saw Anti Niemi yesterday. So. Yes. Anti Niemi was like the best comparable uh, for Portillo. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, best of. Uh, I don't even want to say best of luck to Eric Portillo. I, I don't think he's going to make it. But yeah, no, no. Just thanks reading... for the third round pick. Again, just reading the comments, I didn't get to watch the presser, but um, it, it 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 came across like a good riddance type of thing. Yeah, um, I think so. From Kevin, Adams. <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and then the last trade that uh, brought up a lot of anger on Sabres Twitter: Riley Stillman for Josh Bloom. I think. When it happened, I was a little confused because I was thinking, okay, they're, maybe they're going to get a better defenseman than a Riley Stillman type. And I also really like Josh Bloom. I mean, we've talked about Josh Bloom quite a bit. Uh, we, I really like him. I thought he was going to be a good fourth liner of the future, but we talk about it every week. You have so many picks of prospects or that this year and the last couple of years where it'd be tough for him to make the roster in general. So I think I, I see why they did it. And Stillman looked, he, he looked like he could hold his own in that Boston game until it got out of hand, of course, but yeah, I thought, but I thought he played fine. That you know that game wasn't on any one player. I think it it just spiraled for everybody. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, he 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 did look really good. Um, he was not afraid to hit. Right, right, throwing the body around, and with Eric Chernak coming to town this afternoon, um, maybe we'll we'll see him, uh, maybe respond to some of Chernak's antics, and uh, one of those guys who can fill that void um, when Adams refers to the team being bullied a bit. I th- I think it's good to have him in the lineup, a guy who's maybe not afraid to stand up to uh, Kucherov when he gets going and starts his, his, his bad boy antics. And um, <laughs> really, uh, really just guys like, like Eric Chernak who took a shot at um, Kyle Pozo. I, is this his first game back from suspension? Um, Possibly, that's a good question. I I imagine so, because that that game wasn't all that long ago. I think it point. was it was only it was last Thursday, I think. So yeah, he must be back. Yeah, so I hope I'd like to see a little bit of a response here. That'd be kind mm-hmm. of cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, Stillman has another year left on his contract and will be an RFA after that. So Adam's always saying we're not going to compromise the future for for uh, for the present. They got a couple guys in Greenway and Stillman who 
are under team control for at least another two years. So, mm-hmm. uh, not not bad work. I I choose to trust Kevin Adams and his trade acquisitions and free agent acquisitions because for the most part he's done extremely well. So I, I think he earns the benefit of the doubt. If you don't believe in Stillman because of his analytics, go for it. But I'm, I'm going to give him a chance. I'm not going to think I he's think... going to suck just because his analytics are bad with Chicago and Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. See, we have to remember that he played with Vancouver this year, which is an entire story of its own, that team. And he also played with Chicago the the, mm-hmm. the two years before that. So maybe give him a little break. And let's just see how he how he does on a in a good locker room, uh, a group of guys that's that's really gelling, because um, I I do think that where you play and um, uh, who you're playing with, it matters. Is, it matters. It's probably the, it's it's the biggest thing in um, a player's success if you're feeling if you're feeling confident. And he had a really good first game. So um, yeah, again, just just give the give the kid a, give the kid a a chance. Yeah, so hoping hoping that he turns out and also wishing Josh Bloom and his dad the best. Mm, uh, Josh Bloom's mm-hmm. dad, noted member of Sabres, Sabres Twitter. So Is he a Charging Buffalo follower on Twitter? He is. He follows me too, I think. I remember <laughs> I remember us talking about that in the DM. Yeah, great guy. Uh just which is nothing but the best for his son is his son's biggest fan. So <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Josh Bloom is going to be a good NHL player. I'm excited for him. A a model suburban hockey dad. He's a good suburban hockey dad though. Yeah. Mr. Bloom. Right. Bloom. Love. Love him. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Chickering and Meyer stuff because we talked about them at nauseum on the cautiously optimistic podcast for the last several months. Adams even talked about the Chickering negotiations and Chickering, of course, went to Ottawa for a first and two seconds. And it sounded like if all was equal, the Sabres are probably willing to pay that same price. But the price was different when it came to uh, the Buffalo Sabres. It sounds like Arizona was saying, hey, we need Savoy or Coolidge here. And yeah. Adams justifiably so said no thanks, and they were in it until the very end. So it sounds like Adams is a little pissed off that they didn't get that deal done. Yeah, because they they were in it into the final hour, but yeah, if I I I I, I love the the discipline from Kevin Adams to not overextend his hand. If you will, uh, know when to stop negotiating, um, because God knows what that trade uh, could have involved. Chekrin is a great young defenseman, but um, it, it, listen, the Sabers can survive without without him, right? It's yeah. not it's not a key. You have all this cap room in the world eventually they're going to go out and they're going to they're, they're going to make a splash eventually uh checker and just it wasn't it it wasn't mm-hmm. no this this wasn't the time to do that i guess uh but they did their due diligence and i think that 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 itself is promising 
um, that they're they're still going to be uh, looking into these things. It does sting a little bit, though, that he went to a division rival. It seemed yes. like it was Detroit for a minute because it, it. I mean, this just shows how kind of strange Detroit's approach was the deadline because they they traded Phil Horonic and got a first round pick and I think one more pick in return mm-hmm. from Vancouver. And you think, oh well, that's going um that's going to Arizona. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Maybe in hindsight it would have just been a three team trade if that was the case. But uh no, and then they go on to add uh James Van Re- did no wait that that trade didn't no, happen. Oh yeah. It didn't yeah, happen. That, it, it fell through. But um, for a team that's that's in the playoff hunt, the the Red Wings made some strange moves. But um, no, Trevor Tuesday too. Yeah, to the Bruins. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, another weird one. He's a really good player, and of course the Bruins get him. But uh, no, Checker. I mean, who's to say he even stays with Ottawa? Was he have two years left on his deal? Mm-hmm. And Alex DeBrinket already might not stay. So. I mean, there's no guarantee that will be there, uh, especially right. with all the other guys on their defense that are coming up. So, um, whatever you know, you missed out on one guy, but go get the a next splash. One. Yeah, a splash will come eventually. It's just obviously it's how this it's the next course of action when the team the team's going to take the next step eventually, for sure. And. Adams, justifiably so, very high on Matt Savoy and Yuri Kulik. Uh, I think, I'm going to say it now, it wouldn't surprise me if both of them are on the team next year. They're Mm -hmm. both just playing out of their mind. I watched Savoy yesterday. I tweeted a bunch uh, about his game last night, and uh, you can go ahead and read my thoughts, but he, phenomenal. (laughs) I'm so excited about him, and Kulik too just putting up great numbers for Rochester as an 18-year-old. He's still 18, so very exciting stuff from the Sabres draft class from last year. I have a question for you, uh, seeing as you've watched many of his games and I only see highlights. How uh, how has his skating gotten better, Coolidge? Coolidge, I... I did not get the AHL TV packages here, so I'm with you in terms okay. of just seeing the the highlights. Oh, okay. uh, but I can tell you, Matt Savoy skating is very, very good. Because <laughs> the thing, it's like maybe I'm focused way too much on this, but I, I think like the most important thing for a player today is their skating. Uh, and Kulich's shot is incredible, but every time I see him, it just, I don't know, it just looks like something something's off. With his skating, so that's like the only concern I have. Though, could be a reason can, why he fell at twenty-eight. It could be, it could be. Uh, but um, that's that's the only reservation I have. Other than that, I mean, his shot is incredible. Uh, he just he seems to have a knack for for getting open. Um, so mm-hmm. and, and and creating shots, obviously, he can create a lot of offense. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe one of our listeners can enlighten me too. Someone that has. Maybe some of our Rochester listeners can uh, reply uh, underneath the tweet when we uh, tweet this out, uh, just telling us uh, what's up. I could, I you know, I could always post something in the Charger Buffalo group chat too, but I always forget that we have access to that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah. So again, I would not be surprised if they're both here next year if if they decide to make room. But one one important thing here, Adam showed that he's not afraid to touch the roster. Although Asplund was the least important player on said roster, but they did touch it, and mm-hmm. it, it sounds like it keeps Adams up at night thinking about mm-hmm. what they need to do to to make the team better. So standing pat, of course, I don't think that's going through his mind. So hopefully they they make the moves necessary to reach that next step next year, whether they make the playoffs or not. Uh, very important that they don't stick with the status quo. Mm. Uh, anything else on deadline that you want to touch on before we dive into this playoff race here? No, um, not a lot of goalie movements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jonathan just Quick, Corpus of course. Alone quick, yeah. Yeah, so that was surprising because in past years, uh, it's always been either someone's adding a depth goalie or someone's adding a backup. Vegas was an obvious one because they have injuries right now. Um, right. But so I'm. It'll be interesting to see once, um, once Thompson is healthy there, where Quick will um, will slide in. Yeah. So, I, I a lot of. People, I not I want to say a lot of people, but I saw some Sabres fans wondering about Quick. Eh, I wouldn't have bothered. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather just stick with what they got. And the, the guys they do have are just so inconsistent. Like Ukapakalukin will look great at one moment, lets in a goofy goal the next. Like Craig Anderson looks like a Vesna Trophy winner one moment, and he lets in the goofy goal next. So mm-hmm. they just got to stick with it here you know and you know what for anyone disappointed that maybe they didn't make a trade for thatcher demko you you did say you have said that is an off-season deal typically so yeah uh we will wait and see how the uh sabers approach that i do think they they still need to address goaltending next year we, we say it every week at this point mm-hmm. going into next season with Lukanen and Comrie as your goalies, you're asking for trouble. Unless something drastically changes at this mm-hmm. point, uh, you, they got to do something there. Whether that's like a Demko move or I don't, uh, John Gibson, I'm not as crazy on, but Varlama, Frederick Anderson, someone on that free agent goalie market has to be a saver <laughs> come July. Mm-hmm. Okay, playoff race. Sabres lose a couple, couple important games. Uh, Boston, tough one. They were in it in that first period, and Luke then is given that ridiculous tripping penalty, and then it all just spirals out of control from there. Especially in the final few minutes there, where it was just an onslaught there. So. Yeah, because, I mean, that penalty happens with about 10 minutes left in the second period, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was only one nothing. Yeah. I believe at that point. That was the first goal, I think. Yeah, so it, it really spiraled from that point. And, yeah, the Sabres, I mean, even the first period, they were probably the better team in the first period. 
Uh, I agree. But what's that? I agree. Yeah, they were yeah. strong first period. But after that first goal is when things just kind of spiraled. And I mean, you know, it. it's one thing. Yes, we, we can be very angry about the Columbus game and it'll be justified, but they should have won that third period was won. really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, but how can you be mad about losing to the Bruins? I mean, like a seven to one loss, to the Bruins, it's almost like, well, that's the Bruins doing Bruins things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> season at least. And it's scary because they only got better. Uh, but um, yeah, a couple of big losses in a row. And of course it, doesn't get any easier. We 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 talked about this on the last show about what is in the pipeline here. And this afternoon is one of those games. I think it's the last it it's gotta be the last meeting of the year, Tampa, right? It's the fourth time. Yeah, it's the last one. Yeah. They still so, face the Rangers three times. Yeah. Uh I think they have Toronto one more time. So mm-hmm. yeah, a lot. A lot of uh, teams above you or right around you. Uh, the Islanders, do they still have them too? Yeah. yeah uh, so. At least one more time. Yeah, yeah probably right probably now. a couple times. I don't remember. I Well, yeah, the only game I remember against them was the Cousins' overtime goal. Uh, they faced the Islanders two more times. Yeah, okay. The, uh, the March 7th and 25th. So, yeah, the, they're four points out right now or whatever, but still. They still plenty. got the games in hand. Right, right, and plenty of yeah. to make up ground. So, uh, and we've seen how quickly things change in this race. I mean, within mm-hmm. within a week, things can turn on their head. So, look at, look at Detroit. Yeah, yeah. How about <laughs> Ottawa? Went from yeah, Ottawa. They're I think, I think everyone in the race right now is tied. Yeah, in terms of points currently. This is why it would be good for the NHL to have a play-in tournament. Yeah, they should. Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida, and Washington all have 66 points. Hmm. Detroit is 65, so crazy how close this is. All of them have games in hand on the Islanders, too. So, ah, yeah. I I still hope, obviously I hope they get in, but it's not going to be easy. Lots of home games. You got to figure out how to play at home. Hmm. Uh, They just got to figure it out. Uh, Alex Tuck's out probably close at the end of the season mm-hmm. so obviously you hope that he can come back and help you cross that finish line but Jordan Greenway will see how he does and I'm hoping that he can Granado can find that next step in his game out of him that we all hope he can and think he can too yeah it it, it really is so cool though that's there is enough talent on this team now where you can be without Alex Tuck and still feel confident that you can win any game. With Darlene, too. Yeah. You know? with, and part of that is because of the step that Dylan Cousins has taken. Right. He's kind of like that extra extra insurance policy, extra blanket, if you will. Uh, so, you know, if he's there, then everything will be all right. Uh, but they've they've remained close. Yeah, I mean, they put up seven goals in their first game without Alex Tuck. Um, they showed in the third period against Columbus that they can play their game without Alex Tuck. 
Um, and they showed it at points against Boston too. So, um, I mean, it's not like Tuck is completely uh, detached from the team just because he's hurt. Obviously, he's going to be yeah. around. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's still around on the ice. Yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, still in it. And it's a winner, hopefully. Uh, anything else that you want to touch on before we get into some listener questions here? No, nothing. I'm just oh. thinking of a intro song right now. All right, beautiful. Uh, okay, from Zach Case. Overall trade deadline thoughts. How does this compare to previous seasons around the start of March? Well, Zach, uh, we did get our first meaningful game in March, and it did suck, but at, we, at least we got the meaningful game in March. Uh, right. and hopefully the rest of March, all those games are meaningful as well. So to answer your question, uh, the vibe is just great <laughs> still, even though that game sucked, but it's a different mindset. Now you gotta, they're trying to make the playoffs and that's the organizational goal at this point, judging from Adam's comments yesterday, I think Everyone wants it. For many years now, we've been talking about on this podcast, no one ever talks about playoffs. Mm-hmm. Word playoffs never comes out of anyone's mouths, but they know how important it is to get there. So hopefully they can cross that finish line. We gave our thoughts on the deadline as well. Overall, pretty pretty happy with it. Yeah, uh, and how how is it different? Um, well, they... they, they they made an addition that is, is meant to help for once in, they in bought. Jordan Greenway. Yeah. They <laughs> bought a guy with term too. So I uh, haven't seen that since the COVID year. Yeah. I think and we with, only got like seven games of it. Wayne Simmons and uh, Dominic Cahoon. Cahoon. Yeah. I think bare minimum. I was just hoping for, a Wayne Simmons type trade, but they, they did a step above that. So pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for that. Zach. Next question from John Brown, who is your biggest off season target? And his is Clayton Keller. So Luke, I'll let you go first. Uh, Clayton Keller would be, uh, would be interesting. Um, I still really like, the uh the Demco idea uh hard to think off the um top of my head Keller Keller is a good one uh if Arizona decides to yet again uh <laughs> move on from a young player um I can't think of any off the uh top of my head though except for except for one of the goalies, uh, really, I think would be a um, a good addition. Mine is UC Saros. Okay, it would take a lot. I feel like uh, I go for it. <laughs> they they need a nice goalie to bridge to Levi. I don't want any more question marks in goal. I'm mm-hmm. sick of it. <laughs> yeah, I like the Keller idea though. Really like it, but I think mm-hmm. that Matt Savoy is going to be our version of Clayton Keller. 
Uh, next question from Brandon Duffy. Where does Jordan Greenway slot in over the next 20-plus games? Also, if the Sabres go big game hunting for another top-line center in the somewhat near future, Patterson, Matthews, etc., do you slot Cousins at the wing? Great mm. question. Uh, I think, as of now, Greenway probably slots in for Vinny Hinestroza on that second line with Cousins and Middlestat. But I think long-term, he's probably on your fourth line, which that's fine. Yeah, uh, long-term fourth line. I think when Tuck comes back, he'll be a third-line guy. I wonder uh, if he affects Jost's uh, position in the lineup at all or or who comes out, uh, yada, yada, once Tuck gets back, once the team is uh, fully yeah. healthy. Because I'd like to have Greenway in the lineup every night. Yeah, I think that that's obviously the plan. Yeah, I didn't really think of that. Who comes out? Mm-hmm. Is it Paterka? Paterka's been playing pretty well the last couple of games, though. Right. So I guess we'll just have to see how things shake out until then. But they might do the revolving door guys again. It might be Jost. I don't know. I think I'd sit Gergensen, honestly. I don't know. He's He's been playing pretty well, too. Yeah, it's tough. That's that's what happens when you have so many good players now. It's a tough decision who sits when you have 13 good forwards. Right. Uh, second part of your question, if the Sabres go big game hunting and you cite Austin Matthews, Elias Patterson, honestly, I wouldn't move Cousins to the wing. I would just go, say the Sabres sign Austin Matthews, Next off season, you go Matthews, Tage, and Dylan Cousins, and Peyton Krebs is your centers. That's a cup team. <laughs> yeah, Quiet. yeah. And then move everyone else to the win. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Good question. Uh, Yuri Coolidge, goal and point NHL potential from John. Uh Crazy to say he's a potential 40-goal scorer? I don't think so. For Coolidge? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I think eventually, definitely. Yeah, I, I could get down with that. Uh, next one. From, oh, click the wrong button there. Next one from Zager. Knowing that Adams knows this team gets bullied frequently, do you think it makes it makes it more likely for them to sign people like Radko Gudis or some thick boys for the bottom pair. <laughs> he must notice that Bryson is getting tossed around quite a bit and he could be as good as gone. I like the Gudis idea to you know, either play with a Ryan Johnson type or even with Owen Power. Right. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to get more bruiser types mm-hmm. in the offseason. Gudis is a good name for that too, and a guy who can also play. We've been talking for many yeah. years. You, you toughness is important, but you don't want a Ryan Reeves type who can't play hockey. You want guys like Alex Tuck, Jordan Greenway, guys who they're tough, but they can still play hockey. So that's that's my thoughts. Right, I think Gudis has had that stigma around him though, like for years. You know, that's where uh, it comes from that he can't play because he's a goon. Yeah, I, I, I thought of a funny nickname, funny in my mind, uh, Badco Gunis. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
Uh, okay, the next question from Steven. Current NHL comparisons for Yuri Coolidge. Ah, that's a tough one. I'm gonna have to think on that. We'll get we'll get back to that next week. Mm-hmm. I like the question though. Might have to do some further digging. And we got a couple more questions about defensemen and if Greenway will play, but I don't think Greenway plays today. And we talked about defensemen. So appreciate all those questions, folks. Uh Luke, guy of the week before we sign off. Ooh, guy of the week. Ooh, ooh. I forgot it. You know, I forgot it was my turn. Actually, let me uh let me rack my brain here for a moment. Um I'm trying uh you know what I got one. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw back to um NHL 04 for this inspiration. Uh Steve Bejan. Oh, okay. Former Montreal Canadian. <laughs> he was in he was a saber in the 03 into 04 off season. Uh um, for jury, right? Might have been, but yeah, might have been. Uh, I think he was a tough guy. Um, never ended up playing for the Sabres though, but he was on the Sabres roster, uh, in NHL 04. So Steve, he played for a few years. Um, after that game came out, I'm going to pull up his stats here. Let's see. He played until 20, 2013. Yeah. Wow. So 524 NHL games over 13 years. Good for him. Uh, yeah, played, began and ended his career with Calgary. Uh, then, of course, uh, went to Montreal. Had a, a stint there, Dallas in 09. I think I remember that. I remember, I definitely remember him as a Boston Bruin. He was with the Bruins in uh, 2010. Then the Predators only played two games, the Predators in 2011. Wasn't in the NHL the year after that, but then 12 13, he came back with Calgary. And um, was around there. He was a center, tough guy, tough guy. Uh, but um, his name is actually spelled begin. Don't Steve be fooled. Begin. Don't be fooled. There is an accent over that e. <laughs> it is Beijing. Another. I I think we forgot to do this last week. Your formal apology to Raphael Harvey Pinar. Yeah, that's right. Bestowing him the honor of guy of the week a little they too early. <laughs> a redacted statement on this one. Um on uh Rafael, as I would like to call him, Rafael Harvey Pinard. Um, <laughs> um apparently tearing it up right now. I'm on hockey reference. Let me just let me let me see what he is um he's got eleven points in eighteen games for the Canadians. Wow, wow. so Seven How about goals. that? I think at the end of the season, what we have to do is compile all the guys of the week and make a lineup out of them. Oh man, I like and it. see <laughs> and see how they would fare. Would they beat the tanking Sabers? Would they beat right. the Chicago Blackhawks this year? <laughs> well, we'll I'm discuss that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Beautiful. All right, uh, that's all I have. For today do you have anything else no nothing else all right playoff oh, race heating up uh we should be back next week 
for some more good conversations on this Sabres playoff race. So appreciate y'all for listening. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll see you in the next one.